Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little SEC Big Ten break as the SEC and the Big Ten twice in the span of four days start to poke at the NCAA. They've got big plans. They've got ideas. They have suggestions. Uh, This, coupled with something that happened at Dartmouth, starts to put into motion something that none of these guys are ready for, which is shocking because you could have seen it a decade away. A decade ago, you could see this coming. And they never got in charge of it. They never got in front of it. And now the NCAA is in a corner. Major conferences are going to find themselves behind the eight ball because... They're reactive instead of proactive. There's no magic wand for this. We're going to dive into that. Also, speaking of SEC Big Ten, at least the SEC and the Big Ten now have creeped to the top in terms of college basketball pedigree. I I mean, the ACC is there, the Big 12 is there, but the the leap that the SEC has made is mind-boggling. So much so that they could be eight, nine deep, nine deep in the tournament this year. How'd they get there? We'll dive into that as well. Also, this is fascinating. A little NFL coaching concern. Why one guy finds himself on the outside looking in when it comes to the coaching carousel. It's Mike Vrabel. And oh boy, why maybe a team or two stayed away. Our pod sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harpod Sports Twitter, at Harpod Sports Instagram, Harpod Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpod Sports Facebook page, Harpod Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. So, now for this SEC Big Ten break, we know that late last week, the SEC and the Big Ten kind of started to push the NCAA, come up with a plan, or we're going to come up with a plan for paying athletes for figuring this NIL stuff out. Truth be told, none of them have a plan because they're going to get their hands forced because they don't know how much of that pie to break off. And they're going to wait for the courts to decide this. And we've already seen it with what happened with Dartmouth. And the SEC and the Big Ten also starting to push. They don't know about this college football playoff thing. Hmm. Gonna, it's going to happen, but re-examine it, the, the focus of this. Essentially what happens is the two most powerful conferences in college sports are getting together and they are laying the groundwork for how they think things should be run. Just a matter of time before this happened. And the Big Ten and the SEC have chipped away at the NCAA for years. They have Big Ten with Penn State getting in trouble. That's not fair. (laughs) What happened this year with Michigan? Although that was self-contained inside of the Big Ten in and of itself. You have conferences and schools and conferences policing themselves. You saw it at A&M this last weekend where a basketball player gets arrested. He still plays in the game, which I'm going to get to in a second. So the SEC and the Big Ten kind of forcing the NCAA's hand. The NCAA is a governing body, sits there, takes all the punches when things go to the courts, and then the major conferences look back and go, oh, they have no control while these major schools and presidents and athletic directors have chipped away at the NCAA for years. Now, I'm not here telling you that the NCAA is holier than thou art. I'm just telling you they are the equivalent of a typewriter. I don't know. They they can't. Whatever they try, not going to work. The NCAA is essentially blockbuster video. That's what the NCAA is. How do they become relevant? Well, they've got to stream. Well, how do they stream? 
don't know if that's possible. Is it too late? Did they wait too long? All the, at the end of the day, don't let these major conferences fool you. These school presidents, they don't fool me for one second. They want control over all of this. They're not going to police themselves. They can't do it now. You got coaches playing players that get arrested. You think these conferences, these conferences are going to police themselves? You're going to see what you already saw it with what Michigan inside of the SEC it happened to the Big Ten. Oh, well, we'll sit him for a couple of games. Well, what about the school giving up wins? Nah, nah. What about the school suspending itself? Nah. You're already seeing it. You already see what life looks like without the NCAA. You see it in Michigan and you see it at AM. That's what's going to happen. Now, the NIL stuff is just a ruse. Schools don't care. The ones that have the money will pay. The ones that don't, don't. If they cared, then you'd have seen a major conference implement a cap. They're not, they don't care. They don't care. Why would schools like AM and Texas and schools that have big bucks and big pockets, Ohio State, why would they care if there's a cap? Why would they care about the, we got to worry about the small kids. They don't care about the small programs. I don't care. Well, it's out of control. What's your plan? You ever notice somebody always has a problem, but they never have a solution? I've got one for you. This is easy. Well, not easy, but it's what you're going to have to do. Each school siphons off $10 million from the top. Each network television contracts go up about $5 million a year in terms of payouts. So there's plenty of money here. Each school siphons off $10 million for football siphons off. Just takes it off the top. You pay each athlete a base salary of $115,000 a year. Everybody signs two-year contracts. Their employees, they can earn up to, you can you have $8 million worth of NIL money that each school can get a year for individual players from outside sources. So you have a blanket $115,000 per player. Boom, $10 million off the top. Then NIL money, you can go up to $8 million for the whole team. The minute you go over $8 million, we catch you going over $8 million, it's an automatic one-year bowl ban and 10 scholarships gone. One-year postseason ban, 10 scholarships gone. We catch you the second time, it's a two-year bowl ban, 20 scholarships gone. You want to play this game? That's how we're going to play this game. That, that, fixed. Fixed. Done. Fixed. Done. Not going to happen, though. Why? Schools aren't going to let, they don't want you to get into their money. Oh, okay, all this NIL money. And what's happened with these schools is they're so greedy. University schools are so greedy. Presidents are so greedy. And I get it. I would be too if I were them. I have all this money that can make more money. Why not? They're not interested in fixing it. They're interested in blaming it on somebody. And the NCAA is an easy target. So what are they going to do? They're going to hoard all this money. And they're like, oh, the NIL, other businesses on the outside can pay for this. We'll still have our collection of money over here from boosters. We'll come to find out the boosters are like, we don't want to give money to the school anymore. We want to give it to the athletes. Well, that needs to be done separately. Each state has different rules, and you have interstate commerce, and you you don't want racketeering involved, and you've got all the all this mess, and you can't fix it. The only way to do it is each conference would have to cap it. And if I'm a school in that conference, and you cap it, and I can make more money, I'm going to sue you. That's where the NCAA is caught. The NCAA is going to be a punching bag as long as they figure this out. And the minute they figure it out, they're going to be like, okay, we're done. But they're not going to figure it out. They're not. Interstage left Dartmouth. The National Labor Relations Board sided with Dartmouth players. Dartmouth players can unionize and negotiate. Here it comes. Here it comes. The fact that Dartmouth, Dartmouth basketball players can start a union and negotiate. This is over, gang. It's just a question of how quickly these dominoes fall. Now, how on earth is each school going to unionize? It's not. It's going to have to be at the conference level. Each conference will have a union. The NCAA may not want it. If the NCAA wants to fix this, they can come out and say, 
all right, every conference is going to have a union, but then the conference, hey, get out of here, NCAA, you don't know what you're doing. We'll figure this out. You're going to get sued into submission is what's going to happen. Sued into submission. That's what's going to happen. This in the next three years is going to end with unions in every conference. You can mark that down. You write that in blood. The fact that Dartmouth National Labor Relations Board has already reviewed and said, yeah, Dartmouth can unionize the players and they can negotiate for their for their compensation. <laughs> oh, baby. If you're these conferences, you better look at this and go, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to do $10 million. You better pool it. You better pool it right now. But then again, it goes back to the NCAA being castrated, if you will, eunuched and gelded, and they can't enforce any of these things without being sued. So each of these schools, when they punish themselves and they handle it internally, what do they do? All right, we're gonna we're going to write a strongly worded letter All right, Jim Harbaugh, suspended, three games. Basketball player gets in trouble, arrested. Um, We'll handle that internally. You don't don't worry about how we discipline teams. Okay. College football needs a commissioner. They're not going to have one because all these schools, Texas and Bama and Florida and Michigan, imagine if college football had a commissioner. He'd have suspended Jim Harbaugh the rest of the year. He would have. They don't want this. Pointing it. The police of college sports, the NCAA, saying it's all their fault. And when then they have the minute to self-discipline, they don't. They don't. This is the equivalency of peeling back regulations on things, such as inspections at the FDA and the FAA level, and stuff sneaks through. You can fall for it if you want. I've been to that puppet show too many times, seen those strings, quote Cuba Gooding Jr., Jerry Maguire. I know I know what's going on. Good try. You can fall for it if you want. There's a way to do this. Four major conferences, the NCAA get together and say, all right, how do you want to do this? They can do it right now. But none of these conferences want to get sued, so they're going to let the NCAA get sued. NCAA should come out with a plan. This is what we're going to do, A, B, C, and D. Well, we don't like it. All right, fine. And the NCAA wants to stay relevant, so they're going to keep doing it. This is not going anywhere. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And essentially, who's going to fix all this? The players. They're going to sue everyone into submission. Nice job, adults. Screwed this up, didn't you? Cowardice. Cowardice across the board. So, there you go. Thank you to Dartmouth. It'll get figured out. Three or four more years at least. Three more years of this stuff. Not fixing it. They don't want to fix it. They want to blame. Relax. Let the legal system figure it out. and Then get in there and get things done but not before the NCAA sits in there and takes every beating. They're a shield. They're like a sponge that can absorb all the arrows. And then, cast aside, we create our own rules where we police ourselves. Yes. Giving a high schooler. You're going to see parties, dazed and confused. Get the high schooler, high schooler keys to the house while you go away for the weekend, Mom and Dad. She bet they behave. There you go. For that to this, another SEC pivot. The SEC standard, a decade ago in college basketball, this was a three-bid conference. Florida and Kentucky were good, and then somebody Ole Miss or somebody else would sneak in there. But pretty much it was a three-team conference. Four, maybe. It was the worst conference in major college basketball. Fast forward to now. Oh, boy. Nate Oates, job that he has done. Pretty impressive, right? Look what Tennessee has done. 
And you look at the job he did at Clemson and the job he did at Texas and the fact that he's knocking on the door of a one seat again. Kentucky had a bad week losing to Tennessee and Florida, right? But to think that they're, they still score a ton of points and that's how you win in the postseason. You outscore teams. Um, defense, defense. You don't win in the NCAA tournament because of defense. You win because you score. So Kentucky's fine. Uh, we mentioned Nate Oates. Of course, you got Calipari. Um, the job, the job Lamont Paris has done at South Carolina is remarkable. He's coach of the year in that conference right now. And he was a good assistant at Wisconsin. Did a great job at Chattanooga and boom, hiring good coaches. Bruce Pearl at Auburn, a decade in almost now. Chris Beard at Ole Miss. Dude's four years removed from going to the national championship game. Four years ago, this dude was in the national championship game, wasn't he? Five years ago now? Five years ago. At Texas Tech. Gets in trouble at Texas, gets fired, Ole Miss hires him. Job Todd Golden's done is pretty impressive too this year. And Buzz Williams at AM. Right now, those are, those, it's, an, it's probably an eight bid conference right now. So, how'd they get there? Hire good coaches. Hire good coaches and let them develop and build. And this is what you have. And then I've got Mike White sitting there at ninth. Now, look, there's certain programs that, that are struggling a little bit. I mean, let's face it. Bandy, 30 years ago, was a 20 years ago, was a Sweet 16 team. 20 years ago, Bandy was a Sweet 16 team. 10 years ago with Kevin Stullings. Now they're at the bottom of the barrel of this conference. Mississippi State, not a lot going on there, is there? No, just isn't. Mizzou, down year. Down year at Mizzou. These things happen. The ebb and flow of things. And, you know, I, you know, South Carolina's up. Alabama's up. There's, somebody's got to be down. And, look, I, I mean, Florida's kind of creeped their way back up to relevancy. Top half of the conference once again. Hired good coaches, which these schools have done. Mid-major Todd Golden came from the West Coast. Mont Paris came from Chattanooga. It, it had success. Smaller tier. Mid-major worked their way up. Then you have other guys that were hired from other programs. Beard kind of fell into the lap of Ole Miss. Oates was a hire from where? A mid-major, in he comes. Bruce Pearl got in trouble. See, find good coaches and just run them. And it was Mike Trangisi that they hired away from the Big East that came in about a decade ago, put this in place, and now here you are in 2024, been about 12 years, the Big East pedigree at the time was still a little Syracuse, still a little pit right before that got broken up. And yeah, but now a decade, a little over a decade later, the sec coming to play. And then you had Texas and Oklahoma next year. Now basketball is going to be a little bit different with expansion and what's it going to look like and how many teams. And uh, it's, we know what football is going to be bizarre. Basketball is going to be bizarre too. But I look at the job that this conference has done. It's impressive. The SEC standard, the, the, the raising of it. Now, are Duke, Carolina, I, the elites of the ACC, I, I, it's a little bit different. But the SEC at the top, I mean, South Carolina's a good basketball team. Tennessee's a Final Four team. Kentucky's got the talent to go to the Final Four. Alabama's got the talent to go to the, I mean, right now I look at it. Bama, Tennessee. Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, those are five teams. All five of those teams can go to the Sweet 16. They, all five of those teams have the talent. Now I think on that next list, Ole Miss, Florida, A&M, have the chance to make the tournament. Now in the right situation, they can get to the Sweet 16. 
But it would surprise me a little bit if A&M, Ole Miss, or Florida made the Sweet 16. The other five, if any of individually those made it, I'd be, sh- I'd be shocked if Tennessee didn't make it in any scenario. I'd be shocked if Alabama didn't make it to the Sweet 16. The way South Carolina's playing. But there you go. i just impressed with what the conference is now. So it, it took a while. It took a while to get it where it is. But the SEC standard, impressive now, 2024. Conference could get as many as eight teams in. So think about that. Big Ten's right around seven or eight teams, maybe even less than that. Six for the Big Ten. Right now the ACC's talking six, seven. Now the SEC's going to, a lot's going to have to go in their direction. You're going to have to have like Florida beat Auburn, A&M, and Ole Miss. Somebody's going to have to beat a Tennessee. You know what I mean? You're going to have to, some of those guys at the top are going to have to lose a couple as these other teams climb up, but it's there. A&M beating Florida was a big thing. You know, to, to balance it out, you need, in order to get like seven or eight teams in, you need to have, you can have one big dog at the top. Then you need to have a bunch of teams that sit there like at 13 and five, a couple at 14 and four. And then where do you get after that? Then you have to get to the 13 and five. Like I said, 12 and six, 12 and six, 11 and seven, 11, seven, 11, seven. That's how you get there. But the conference should be proud of itself and what it's done. Well, to wrap with this. This every now and then you come across a story that's so ridiculous it's probably true, and Mike Vrabel, a report, and Diana Rossini want to give credit where credits due. That one NFL GM said the concern about Mike Vrabel is he's too big to be a head coach. He's too intimidating. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, he's too. It's tough to sit in a meeting with him because he can be so intimidating. How big of a loser do you have to be as an owner or as a general manager to not hire a guy because he's bigger than you? Phil Jackson won nine, what, not 10? No, he won 11. 11 NBA titles. Phil Jackson was 6'9", 6'10". Phil Jackson's a monster. John Thompson at Georgetown, monster. You physically... uh, an NFL team didn't want to hire Mike Vrabel because he was too intimidating. All for good, good God. And then you start to, here's what's interesting about this. You start to look around at the teams and start to ask yourself, okay, what loser franchise doesn't win anything out here every year that was looking for a head coach that would this fit the bill for? Is it Washington that was too intimidated? The Falcons? Too, and I like Arthur Blank, so I don't... Of course, the Titans are the ones that got rid of him. But what mealy-mouth, weak, limp-noodle franchise in the National Football League didn't hire Mike Vrabel because he intimidated the GM in a meeting? <laughs> Look, what what a bag of cotton candy. Think about that. My God. Oh, my God. Seattle. The Chargers. Was it the Chargers that were too intimidated by Mike Vrabel? Jim Harbaugh didn't intimidate you? Good God. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't know if we should hire Mike Vrabel. He scares me. If there's a reason not to, you can sit there and say, he's too defensive-minded, we need to go vertical offensively. That's fine. He had Ryan Tannehill there at quarterback. They never really figured it out. They drafted Malik Willis, never figured it out. I I know they've got Will Levis now, but all that time there, they never could get a quarterback developed. Oh, okay, you can tell me on that. Relied too much on Derrick Henry in a vertical 
passing game. Yeah, okay. Where the one seed got dumped right away. Oh, okay. But we didn't want to hire Mike Vrabel because he scared me in a meeting. I'd love to know what franchise in the National Football League didn't hire Mike Vrabel because he was too scary. Oh, my. Could you imagine being the fan of that franchise? Good God. And I look around at some of the successful coaches that were monsters. And you're in charge. Are you scared he's going to beat you up? A bunch of candy canes, man. That's ridiculous. That franchise, you better not ever find out who that was. Right? For that fan base's sake, you better, just for the sheer ability to be made fun of, that's something you don't shake, right? We didn't hire Mike Vrabel because he scared the GM and the owner in the the interview process. He's too jacked. He's too big. He's too intimidating. Ah, come on. Give me a little stick. There's nothing. Yeah, well, the NFL, what we need is a little stick figure in here. Isn't that what you want? You want a coach that's rough and tumble? How embarrassing. How embarrassing for whoever that franchise is. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. At Harp on Twitter, at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports, the bar, under all three of those headings. Uh, Harp on Sports, the bar, Facebook page, Harp on Sports, the bar, of course, the YouTube channel, and HarpOnSports.com. Coming up a little later in the week, we'll do our Super Bowl preview, get into what we think is going to happen. There you go. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.